0: Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this opportunity to come together to learn about this restaurant work and what you've called us to do in these last days. Uh, We pray that your Holy Spirit be with us. Help us, Lord, to um, focus our minds and understand the importance of this health message. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So good afternoon, everybody. My name is Gabriel McClover. My wife, Vonnell, she'll be in here shortly. We have five kids uh we run we have a i wouldn't call it a, a farm but we have a, a, a nice sized garden and then we also have a restaurant that we run and we also homeschool so yeah, we it. <laughs> day by day day by day so just a little bit about us as we so we we've been open for four years uh, we're located in somerville georgia um we have been working with the community so this is I'm gonna give a I'm just gonna tell you where we're at and then we're gonna go backwards and I'm gonna kind of give you our testimony of how we got to this place so this is us at a public school a public school (laughs) and we were teaching the whole second grade it was a couple hundred students in there about eating healthy so we went in there and you see I'm like so they, they came to me and say well um, because we'll talk about, we do something in our, our restaurant also called a 10-day health challenge. We call Let the Healing Begin 10-Day Health Challenge, which you guys are going to get some meat to it on that third hour, which is, is this is a revolutionary, and I, I'm so excited to share this part of it. But through that, through that ministry that we did, it opened, us a, opened up a door for us to actually get into a public school system. So we went in there and they said, could you come and teach about, you guys are so big about health and you do so much in the community, could you come and share with our second graders? So we came into the school. I was like, so can you do it? I was like, no problem. You know, of course. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you sure? Yeah, no problem. So we're like, OK, how, how are we going to keep <laughs> a bunch of second graders focused for an hour? So you see, we've, I, had, I had so many different misdirections going on. We had guess what's in the box. We had four different boxes, so we guessed what's in the box. We gave different clues. We were like, okay, uh, you know, it's, it's red. And, uh, you know, it, it, we just kind of waited. people like, Coca-Cola. I was like, yes. And then what we did was we illustrated to them the importance of staying away from uh, sugary beverages. We talked about the, the army in our body, which is the white blood cells. And, in or, and, and if we do eat a lot of sugar, it suppresses our immune system about the four hours. So it was so funny. I said, I said so we went, I said, Any, anybody serve, Anybody parents serve in the military? And it's like, yes. And I said, um, what, is the, what is the purpose of an army? Everybody's like, to protect us, to fight, da-da-da-da-da. I said, what happens if the army goes to sleep? They're like, we'll all die. And they're were like, we're going to die. <laughs> I said, do you know there's an army in our body? And then they got it. Just so, something so simple like that. And we started going through the caffeinated beverages, and we said, based off of your age, this is how much sugar you, you should eat. This caffeinated beverage is like six times the amount of sugar that you eat. And amazingly, we had, they, we had made smoothies for them, right? And the smoothies were, you know, we put in like, here go some mangoes. Everybody's like, here what's some mangoes, yeah. And then we got some uh, bananas, yeah. Okay, we're going to put some spinach. No, you're going to mess this smoothie out. <laughs> they scream at us. <laughs> And then we made the smoothies and we passed it, pass it around and they're smelling it and they're like, and they tired tasting it and all the kids enjoyed it. So that was that was all the second grade. They invited us to do another program. We did a whole third grade and another school invited us to do the same program. So we see just, just by doing things that the Lord has called us to do, they start to open us up. We also do in-home cooking classes. So this is part of our 10-day health challenge that we're going to talk about where we get people who are, interested in making transitions in their health that we literally go into their homes teach them how to cook this is my wife here by
1: she's gonna chime
0: in and you know so we, we have a balance if people say how do you do it? we have a balance we we we're we're, uh, we're uh, we work together very well so my wife she makes stuff taste good that's she takes she takes squash. She takes stuff out of the garden. And she makes things taste good, and she serves it to the people. I'm the I'm the talker. I'm the salesperson. I'm the getting to doors. But this is where my wife shines. I don't know if you can really see it because it's kind of dark on the thing. But maybe we could turn that last light off, where we can see a little bit better. I guess we can see that a little bit better. So we also do kids cooking schools. So people say, "Well, have you ever did a kids cooking school before?" I said, "No," but we'll figure it out so I said what how old I said "If they can walk bring them in here <laughs> if they can walk bring them so we had kids from this is my daughter but we had kids from uh, three years old all the way up to teenagers 18 and we had a three-day cooking school so everything that we do we try to make it evangelistic and evangelistic in nature right so this is a three-day cooking school we actually did this with the Cartersville Seventh-day Adventist Church they, they contacted us we went in there and we say you know what this is our plan. It's not just going to be a one-day cooking school. We're going to do a three-day cooking school. And in the third night, we're going to make a banquet. And I want each person to go invite their family members to come out and see what they created. And you'd be surprised how many people came to. I said, hey, what brings you here? Well, my granddaughter told me to come. Not Christian, not church at all. But if granddaughter says, come see what I made, guess what? And he was like, and they came and we had a wonderful wonder, wonderful wonderful time and they just enjoyed itself and it was amazing we you would think in all the age groups so we had what was the age groups from three to five three to five
1: six to eight nine to sorry nine to eleven and no nine to twelve and then thirteen for all the teenagers up
0: for the group. so who, who do you think was the most neatest group, age group. The most neat, the made least amount of mess.
1: Three
0: to five. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we had extra. We had, I mean, we brought wipes. We were ready. We were ready. And they, you see, I mean, they, I can't see their table. But actually, these, these are the guys right here. This was that group everything was absolutely pristine they were cutting their bananas because we did like a banana split so we we cut the bananas and we put almond butter on there we put put chia seeds and different fruits on there and they made it and it was not a bit of mess but that next class that next group i was like wearing they are wearing almond butter it was just amazing (laughs) but we this is this is this is what we love to do Um, we also do cooking schools so we started off our first cooking school that we've done. We're going to talk about this as we go along. Our first cooking school we did probably had one person there. Mm-hmm. One person. And people, most people say, ah, yeah, yeah, it don't work, right? But consistency is important. Let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season, you shall reap if you feign not." So we just kept at it. So one, turned into two, and then, then three, and then 10, and then 20. And this is one we did was like 100 people here. We've done, we've done it at universities where we've had over hundred people there doing cooking school. We went to corporate world because I'm from the corporate world, so I'm, y'all need this health message. So I, we've done corporate cooking classes, and it's all using the restaurant as a you know because they're not going to call. I know the Somerville I know the Seventh-day Seven Adventist Church is big in the health message. Could you come to my school and do a health program? That's probably not going to happen, right? But if I'm a Seventh-day Adventist, using the restaurant still doing God's work, guess what? Oh, it's just this is a vineyard cafe coming through. I'm not gonna tell you the name of the company, but it was, in, it, was a num- it was in their particular industry, we're dealing with the number one and number two in the world, globally. They called us and said, I hear about this 10 day health challenge, I need you guys to come and uh, in, implement this into our company. Huh. And I said, huh, can you do it? <laughs> yeah, you can do it, just come on, let me. So we go in there, so we, we we actually put all of their physicians because this one particular company has their own place where they have their own physicians and they deal nothing with that particular company's uh, employees. So we went in there and we put the, all their physicians on a 10-day health challenge. So now what's happening is they're they're actually referring they're actually referring uh, people to our program through that company. We're talking 18,000 employees, 21,000 employees. And that's where the Lord is starting to go. So we're like, I'm like, Lord, what are you doing? So this is why I'm so excited to be here because, and I was thinking about it this morning, John, I was thinking like, I wonder how much pounds of food is produced at this, at Agra, you know? How many pounds of food that is produced out of all the different farmers here? And I was like, and this is the secret to the health message. Because you can say, you know, you can, you can say you've got to eat this and eat that and eat this, but if you don't have the nutrition, your body is not going to heal itself. Your body needs nutrition to heal it itself. And so this is, this is why I'm so excited to be here and hopefully to inspire. Anytime that we do a health lecture or any type of presentation, we seek to do three things. Number one is to educate. You know, I, I truly believe God says, as far as is as as the east from the west, so is my thoughts from your thoughts. That means we don't know nothing. So there's always an opportunity to learn. Two, we seek to inspire, right? Inspire people to to maybe maybe do something like this, or maybe start off small, maybe start off with our neighbor. And the last one, we would like to challenge people. We like to challenge. This this is why I tell everybody to go through our 10-day challenge. We work with over 500 people. I've spoken to almost every last one of them. And we always challenge them. As they're going through, we challenge, we challenge, we inspire, we challenge. So I'm gonna seek to do that today. This is our restaurant, I don't know if you can see it. That particular, that picture is our restaurant. So we went, we went from, we started off and we were in a space probably half the size of this room. We probably could fit three or four tables, right? In our, in, our, in, our, in our town, Somerville, Georgia, it's not like Nashville, Tennessee, or Atlanta, Georgia. We're talking 4,000 people. That's what we have in our town. So you would think 4,000 people in a restaurant, probably not a good idea. But the Lord opened the door for us to open a restaurant. I didn't know it. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I just say, Lord, just say open. I said, okay, we walk through the door. Lord opens the door, we walk through the door. But so this is we this is actually our new building. So we have a you know, a juice bar, we have and it actually could fit. This is one of our cooking class, our monthly cooking classes that we do. And you you would be surprised how many people not Adventist, not even church, just comes and said, I want to eat healthy cooking. I've seen this recent documentary. I saw game changes. I saw what the hell. If I've seen these documentaries. I need to make changes. What do I do? I don't know how many, how many Bible studies I had over this counter and people sitting there. I remember one guy comes in. It, it, this is always, this is always the, the you know, you go and they come. Because I believe they walk in the door, God sent them there. So they come in there and they come and say, well, they look at the juices. and They say, well, I need a detox juice. Oh, detox juice. What would be good? I'm like, everything would be good if you want to detox, you know? And I said, but this so up my line. I said, you know, but this is just a short term thing, you know? You may get some temporary relief, but what is the, the long term effects? Why are, you, why are you looking to detox? Well, I just came from my doctor. Oh, is everything okay? Well, uh, Doc said I need to change my diet. Oh, well, why? Well, my blood sugar is 400. I said, wow, that's, that's high. You definitely need to make some changes. And I said, well, the juices will help, but we have this program called Let the Healing Begin. Because the body is on the healing itself." We talk about God's plan. They said, this is God's plan in nutrition. Would you be interested in, in learning more about this? Oh, yeah. So I take them. We have an office right behind there. I just go in there and close them. It's like 99% close rate. If they, they're sick, they, they're going to get signed up for the 10-Day Health Challenge. This is another, this is another uh, cooking class that we've done. Um, and so we're all over the place so that is where we're at now. And there's a lot more layers to the story that we're going to get into. But I want to talk about our story a little bit. How do we get here? Because I think in order for us to really uh, appreciate um, anybody is to learn their story. You know, I, I'm taking over the, the kids. Uh, you know, I, this, this is, I don't know if it was a Ministry of Healing, but it said when, when Christ spoke, he spoke with such simplicity that even the children understood, right? So I said, you know what, I'm going to teach the, the, the young adults, um, you know, the early teen Sabbath school class, I'm going I'm to put this into in action, and one of the things that we're doing is we're going into the nursing home, this might be a good idea for anybody, we're going into the nursing home, we're having the students go and interview the people that are living there, we're going to write their life story, we're going to put it on video, but, and I said, you're going to get, and I tell them, the, the students, you're going to be, you're going to be able to appreciate um, people more when you learn where they came from, right? So, a little bit about our story. And my wife, she's leaving, but she's going to chime in. Just remind me, because I always skip some things. So I'm going to go over a little bit of our testimony. Not the full, complete testimony, but just a little bit. So we've joined the Seventh-day Adventist Church five years ago, Yeah. Five Five years years ago. So five years we've been in the Adventist Church. Um, We opened a restaurant four years ago. But when we we came into this movie, there's a little story behind it. So I grew up, my parents are a... (laughs) Pentecostal preachers. I'm a preacher's kid. So when I came into, when, when, I, when I started growing up, my understanding of Christianity was, you know, you, go to, you go, to, go to church every Sunday. I know all the songs. I stand up when I'm supposed to stand up. I sit down when I'm supposed to sit down. And then I go home and I go watch football. That was my Sundays. And then as I grow up, because I played I play football in college. My brother played in the NFL for six or seven years. So uh, my whole family, since I can walk, was all about competition, all about sports. So I ended up going to college where I met my wife. And I didn't know it at the time. Uh, this has nothing to do with it about the restaurant, but it's, it's about who we are. I didn't know it at the time, but I was actually a Luciferian and I didn't know it. Right? So as I, as I started... You know, because in order to play football, we are trained to kill our opponent. Literally, you know, we, we I mean, you don't see people are excited when you defeat your opponent. They're hurting you are like, yes. And in order for us to do that, you know, something is such against our nature that we have to kind of put ourselves in a mindset in order to do it. So we'll, we'll listen to different type of uh, music that's, that get you in, get you in, the, get you in the mood to go out and want to hurt your opponent. And. I remember, you know, my, my brother, he was in the NFL at the time, he sent, he sent me, he sent me a, a DVD called Truth Behind Hip-Hop, and I watched it, and I'm looking, I call my brother, I'm like, we are Luciferians, and we don't even know it. I'm like, we, we just have this mask of, we think we're, we're, we're going to church every Sunday, but at the same time, we are doing what thou wilt, as Aleister Crowley would say, do what thou wilt, and we just do whatever we want to do. And me and my brother decided at that point that we're going to start this what we call a journey of truth. So we're going to we're going to, we realize that the Lord is snatching us out of something. And now we need to consecrate ourselves to God to go in the opposite direction. So we started studying the Bible. Now, again, I'm still a Pentecostal preacher's kid, right? So the Lord allowed us to go through a very humbling event. So here I am. I'm in college. I'm in football. You know, my, my wife would tell you I was pretty arrogant in college. You know, she's smiling at me. Right. So it was uh, it. Was, am I missing anything? You want to share anything? OK, so she's trying to catch up. OK. So so at that time, you know, the Lord really had to humble me. And I really didn't because, you know, when you when you play football, you catch a touchdown. It's like, yeah, man, we won because of you and you are such and you get all this praise and you just cannot you don't know how to deal with it and you, you start to get puffed up a little bit uh reminds me of um in isaiah 12 he says you know when lucifer talks about i will ascend above the I eye, 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 this he had this eye problem and i had that eye problem i thought it was all about me and so god said i got to bring him down low so at that time we just got out of college and we were, I was trying to, I was in sale. I, first job I can get was a sales job and it was straight commission. So I remember we had some uh, uh, we had some um, missionaries come to, a, to the restaurant and then they're going out and doing book work and, and this is a rule at a restaurant. Missionaries, what, eat free. So if you're a missionary, I don't care what the you not, you eat free, so sit down, praise the Lord, you know, you, you need to have a free meal. But they came and I was like, I, I can relate. I know how I know how tough gay goes. It's at least y'all selling books. I was selling like go you know little toy remote control cars and all type of foolishness. But I was going door to door selling this stuff. But so it was a straight commission job. And then what happened was I end up you know I went a long period of time didn't sell anything. Rent was due. Couldn't pay the rent and we ended up getting evicted from our property. You know, it is very humbling to, they say, hey, you no longer live here. I'm taking all your stuff out and we're gonna put it in the storage and that's it. So h- here we are, you know, at that time it was me, my wife and I had the, our oldest who's now 13, which is Tiffin, Elizabeth. One of these kids, you got five kids. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you, you, you should like, what, what is it? The- Elizabeth was the oldest one. And um, so here we are, she was like, you know, a few months old and we're like, And I I was at my lowest point. I was in my car just crying like, Lord, what in the world? So I called my parents. I said, hey, man, this is what happened. And I was in Buffalo, New York. Anybody ever been to Buffalo, New York before? Oh, some brutal winters up there, man. And here I am in the cold, in my car, stuff in storage. I got my my girlfriend at the time and a baby. And I'm like, what in the world am I going to do? So I called my parents. And they, they, they brought me down. They said, we're coming to get you. So they brought us down. And they brought us um, down to, uh, to Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So my dad still had his church there. He had a church. So I said, you know what? I'm going to take this Christianity thing seriously. And I am going to be whatever it needs to be. Whatever I need to be. So I, whether it was leading out in song service. Whether it was setting up the equipment. Whatever it was, I wanted to be that. But then in, in, in that type of church the like you have the pastor and then you have the pastor's kid and he's like heir apparent you know he's like prince of the church so when 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 dad steps down son takes over that's just the way it goes and they would say you need to go preach i'm like preach i don't even know what the bible says you know no way i'm gonna preach right so i started i started to feel the pressure and i used to borrow my dad's truck and he had um bible on cd so i put the bible in cd and i would just start listening to it And i was like wow all day, just listening to it. Then I would go home and i read those same verses and I'm like, wait a minute, something's, something's not right. And I started asking questions and, you know, didn't didn't really go well when you ask questions. So I always, since I was a young child, I always had to say I got more spankings than all my siblings combined. I got three, 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 three siblings uh, and all, I got more spankings than all of them combined. I just never, you know, you know what work with me? That's why I like that book, Child Guidance. We'll get into that a little bit. Child, I was just, maybe you need to talk to them talk to a little bit. You need, they needed to talk to me. The spankers didn't work. Uh, but anyway, so i always always interested in prophecy. I remember I would get in trouble, and my dad would sit me. He, he, I would get a spank, and he would sit me in the room, and he'll turn up moody radio. might heard of moody radio? Turn it up loud and say, maybe something would get through to this boy. And then I hear, we're going to talk about the book of Revelation. I'm like, oh, the future. Yes, I need to hear about it. I'm, I want to hear about the future. And then here they are. You have you know three different um, preachers and the same verses. You have one opinion. Then you have another preacher preach the same verses with a whole other opinion. And I'm like, if they don't get it, how in the world I'm going to get it, right? So I just always push it aside. But when I started studying the Bible for myself, I was like, maybe, something to it. So I started looking up the seven-year tribulation. You know, this is the main prophecy and the you know rebuilding of the third temple, all this stuff. So I started looking up this stuff in in the Bible. And then I always was interested in history. So I go, started looking at a Bible history, Bible history, Bible and history. And I said, wait a minute, maybe this, and I started looking at the book of Daniel, and I started seeing this, this time period It's 1,260 years. And th- I'm like, wait a minute, this can't be literal, because, you know, all these kingdoms came in, a, I'm like, something's up with this. So anyway, through the Bible, through the Holy Spirit leading me through history books, I come to find out the seven-year tribulation was fiction, was not true, nowhere in the Bible. And I just had, I mean, I had quotes from Frederick Douglass, Abraham Lincoln. I mean, I didn't know it at the time, but I literally had a presentation. I had no clue. But I had all my notes. And I'm like, this is, so I started telling everybody I could talk. Oh, ah, yeah, yeah, okay, dude, seven-year tribulation happened in the past, you know, Okay. So one day, my, my, uh, my dad wasn't gonna be in town or, or they needed a speaker. So they says, hey, would you like to speak this Sunday? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> But I, I wasn't initially going to preach. I was like, you know what, maybe I can, you know, maybe grace and maybe, you know, I was studying some other things that I thought was pretty cool, but that study just could not get off my mind. So I said, you know what, I'm doing it. And I just said <laughs> to myself, I'm doing it. They need to know this. They need to, because at that time, it's like, nobody knows this stuff. This is so important. This is truth. It needs to be so. So here I go. I go into the church, and here I, and I'm starting, I'm, I'm sermon time. So I go through, and I said, title of the sermon was seven-year tribulation. Is it fact, or is it fiction? And then, you know, all the leaders of the church are like, what? So I went through the whole sermon. You know, I'm going through the sermon, and boy, if I'm telling you, like, what, uh, <laughs> what a, what, a, what a Jeremiah's be not afraid of their faces while I'm with you so there was a clock at the back of the. so it was a clock so I stopped looking at everybody I started preaching to the clock and I was looking at the clock I went through the whole presentation and I said you know this is truth and what are you going to do about it kind of you know what this is this is what are you going to do about it and so it was like okay so I I sat down you know I had an appeal and the first sermon I ever preached was that in the Sunday church And I said, "That's it." And uh, I sat down. Then here comes a minister comes up and just really undoes everything I did. No, 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 no. And I said, "Hold on!" Of course, they cornered me. I'm like, "Here's my notes. Tell me where I'm wrong." You know, I'm not. I'm not doing this to be controversial. I'm just trying to find the truth. Tell me where I'm wrong. And he's like, "Oh, you don't understand. You'll you'll get it later." And I'm like, "What? Later?" So I told my wife. You know, at that time, my wife wasn't really, you know, she just was kind of watching from afar. Because cause she, she, you want to tell a little bit about your background?
1: So, I grew up in a, I'd say, Pentecostal Baptist um, background. Um, and part of that was Catholic, too, because I went to Catholic school from ever since kindergarten all the way up to 11th grade. And so I had a lot of mixed things going on, seeing a lot of hypocrisy in the church. And so when my husband went on this uh, religious kick, <laughs> I was uh not uh, not really for it nor against it. I was like, I want to see how it pans out. And so <laughs> you know. <laughs> He'll come he'll find this new truth, I would call it. I always put quotations on it. <laughs> for me, I had to search it out, and he had to prove it by the Bible to, for me to really, like, get on board with him. Um, and so he'll be like, oh, you need to be doing this. I'm like, oh, well, Wait, wait, let me, I'll, get oh, okay, okay, okay. I'll get to that. okay, okay, okay. i get
0: to that. That was a whole other
1: <laughs> <Okay>.
0: chapter there. <laughs> that well, didn't work out very well for me. Let's put it that way. So... So this is my wife's background. So she's she's so when I came to her and said, you know what, I'm not I'm not going back to church till I figure this thing out about Christianity. Something's wrong. And so I
1: was, I was fine with that because I was
0: she's like, whatever. <laughs> I wasn't you know I wasn't really feeling it anyway. And I said something is wrong. I like I got to figure this thing out. And I didn't know it was going to be three years before I stepped in front of another church, because it was searching for truth. I mean, it was it was an amazing amazing journey that I had. So here we go. So here I go. I stopped. I withdrew from church. Now at this time, I was staying with my parents' house, right? So put this in in perspective. And as you go along, you can feel you're gonna feel the tension ratchet up as this story goes along. So here I go. I stopped going to church. I said, you know what, Dad, I'm not gonna go to church for a little while. I need to study the Bible a little bit because something's off. So he said, okay, no, I'm study the Bible. Praise the Lord. Before then, was okay. Oh no no no! This is this so we started. So as I, as i started studying the Bible, started studying the Bible, and we pulled away from church, right? So here I go, and then I go to work one day, right? So I go to work, and then my, my one of my coworkers, she just was like, looked like something hit, like she got hit with a bus, right? And I was like, everything okay? She goes, I watched this documentary, just like really just changing my whole perspective about life. I was like, okay, what documentary was that? She goes, Food Inc. Anybody heard that documentary, Food Inc.? She go, Food Inc. She goes. I don't know. I don't know what to. I don't know what to buy no more. And I was like, "What?" So at that time, you know, it, I think it was the last blockbuster on the planet. Mm-hmm. I still had the Blockbuster <laughs> movie pass. So I went in there. I said, "You know what? I'm gonna go to Blockbuster and I'm gonna go rent this. I'm gonna rent this DVD." <laughs> so I go to Blockbuster and I rent it. I, I rent the DVD and I watch it. And I'm watching this thing. And I'm watching it. And then I'm just like, and then after it was over, I told my wife, I said, "They're trying to kill me." <laughs> I said they are trying to kill me She's like what are you talking about I'm like they're soaking the meat in ammonia And I'm like no wonder The McDonald's burgers are 29 cents You know <laughs> It's like it's 29 cause I'm like this is crazy I'm eating this stuff They're trying to kill me So at that point I went cold turkey ate nothing but rice and beans
1: <laughs> Mind you
0: so I, I, literally ate rice and meat for three years because we didn't know anything about plant-based eating and cooking fake cheese and all this stuff. <laughs> it was straight rice, and I said, "This is safe. They can't. They're not trying to kill me." So when I, when I, so at that time, you know, I, I was playing football. I got out. I got out, and I just, I was eating. I was eating the same way I did. I, I was like two forty-five, two fifty. I wasn't feeling good, and then I started. I changed my diet. I just started just simply eating rice and beans, right? Very simple diet, dog food diet. Rice and beans, everything. It was kidney beans. I used to saute them things up. (laughs) And my wife was like, it was so funny. My dad, one day, he comes in, he goes, man, those kidney beans must be good. You eat those things every single day. (laughs) And then he ate them. He's like, this is what you've been eating. Anyway, I thought I can cook really good at that time. (laughs) So... So here we go. So I, I, cha- I changed, I literally changed my diet. But what happened is my mind cleared up. Oh, so I was in sales, in corporate sales, and I would go in a position, I would go meet with a C level person. And in order for me to remember what happened in that meeting, I would take meticulous notes. Right? But after I changed my diet, it was like I literally can replay the whole conversation in my mind. And I was like, hey, this is a competitive advantage. This is making me more money. I'm never eating meat again. So it was more of a selfish thing at that time, right? And then as we started studying, and, and so that was one thing. So, at, so keep in mind, I'm at my parents' house. Stopped going to church. Then I stopped eating meat.
1: Oh, and at this time also, I didn't transition with him with the, oh, yeah. the changing of the diet. Yeah, she,
0: would, she, she was... She was See, we like to laugh a lot, so we like, we, we laugh a lot. So my wife would, you know, she was eating her bacon, like, wait, what's she over there, rice and beans? She sure do look good, huh? Eating, you know, <laughs> eating unhealthy stuff and just teasing me with it. So we had a good time, with it, it was, it was no big deal. But as we started, so, I, so here I go, I, I, I changed my diet, my mind started clearing up, and then the word of God just really started opening up to me. And then my brother at the time, me and him, we would always, we'll call each other, right? We'll say, hey, yo, what about this? You need to study this. So my brother would go and he'll study. And he'll come out, hey, what about this? I said, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. Might give me something harder next time. One day, I'll never forget where I was at. He calls me. He goes, what about the Sabbath? And I'm like, dude, you wasting my time. I literally told him. I said, you're wasting my time. Everybody knows Saturday is Sunday. Give me something good to study. And he goes, I don't know, man. Something's up with that. I think you should look at it. So I said, okay. I'm, gonna, I'm like, I'm gonna to try to break a record. Like I'm like, I'm gonna break a record to prove this wrong fact. So I immediately open my Bible, go to Colossians 2 14, blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was against us, contrary to us, taking out the way, nailing to the cross. Yeah. I said, therefore, let nobody judge you between eat and drink. What is this? And I started doing research and back, oh, this is talking about the law of Moses that was putting aside of the ark. This is not talking about the Ten Commandments. And I was like, huh. I said, wait a minute, Jesus is in the spirit on the Lord's Day. Yeah, that'd be a good verse. And here I am about to call my brother, and it was like, well. This is the Lord's day. Jesus said, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. And then, so it took me about 10 days mm-hmm. studying this thing out. I called my brother. I'm like, dude, I think, we should, I think we need to start keeping the Sabbath. Now, at that time, me and my brother, we, we got to a point where we were studying. We're saying, no matter what the Bible says, this is where we're going. Amen. So Amen. we thought we were like the only people on the planet keeping the Sabbath, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, we're keeping the Sabbath. Nobody's keeping the Sabbath. <laughs> So it was—it was so exhilarating, though. You know, when you get in this precious truth, and you're like, "Oh, this is like..." So we started keeping it. Know what we were doing? You know, I'm like, "I ain't working on Sabbath," so here we go. Now, keep in mind that pressure is ratcheting up at my parents' house, right? So stop pulling away from church. I stopped buying meat. They're like, "So you gonna feed your family, man? You're not buying any chicken and stuff. You just buy all this, you know, rabbit food." They ain't gonna, like, no. So we start, we start changing our diet. And then we start keeping the Sabbath. Well, me, I started keeping the Sabbath. And then my wife would, you know. And so this goes back to that second part, right? And how I, you know, got that Bible and just started beating my Bible, my wife up. You know, all these new truths started to come. And I said, oh, Von you know, you're not supposed to be doing that. Bop, 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 bop. I knew immediately.
1: Yeah, and so when he was doing that, it was kind of like, Turned me off a little bit. I'm like, oh, this is what the Bible telling you to do. It's like you got to beat somebody over the head with it. I said, I, I'm just not ready for it. And so what I'll do, he'll say, uh, out of spite, I would, um, he'll say, oh, you need to be doing this. And then I'm like, well, I'll go to the Bible to read it and see what it fully says. And I say, well, you're not doing it fully. And tell them, well, you're not keeping this part of it. And so even though I wasn't necessarily following it, it was planting seeds in my heart of what I know I need to be doing. And so it was kind of slowly changing me.
0: Yeah, It was funny because she was like, you know, I told her about the Sabbath and she's like, that's your Sabbath, right? And then she's like, well, and then she look it up and she go to Isaiah 58 and say, you're not even keeping the Sabbath the right way. Right. You're not even doing what you're not doing our own pleasure on my holy day over there playing Madden football games. right? <laughs> I'm playing video games. And she's like, oh, I do you it's not just about work. And I was like, you're right. You know, so, you know, you do it. And the Lord has grace with you. And as we move along. But so here we are, you know, and where are I leave off at? So the pressure building life. up in the house, I, I call it this majestic struggle that was going on in the house, you know, so here goes, here comes Sabbath, a Saturday, we ain't doing nothing, you know, well, I'm not doing anything, I'm studying my Bible, Sunday come, pff, cutting the grass, doing stuff, And my parents looking at me like, oh, what in the world, let's go, so it was, it was, it was a very uncomfortable tension, and I, I had to actually, so you got to understand, we, so me and my brother, we grew up from the time we can walk, it was about competition, it was about winning, so when we started studying the Bible, we brought that same spirit, you know, so when we study with my dad, we'll have a Bible study. We win it. <laughs> this is not no uh you know, this is like we are gonna win this Bible study. And so he'd be like And I was like and I'm looking back like what were we doing? It was like, No, you know, and we like point at the text and say right there, you know, it's clear as day. He's saying we well, are gonna be sending to Jesus come No it doesn't look at what it says in Titus two eleven, da 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 And it just was like it wasn't. It wasn't good. And I told my dad. I had to call my dad years later, and I said, "You know what? You know, at that time, you know, as we were studying, I wasn't trying to, you know, uh, I was trying to win a Bible study, but not win a soul. You know, it's, it's different, right? You know, you, you're not trying to. It, and it was. Uh, it definitely was growth. So here. So now, how? Now at this time, we still haven't heard of seven-day Adventists, Never heard of seven-day Adventists Never, never heard of it. Nobody knocked on my door. Never. So at that time, my brother. He, found, he, was on, he was online and he found um, uh, The Forerunner. I've never heard of Forerunner. So he, he found him on YouTube. So my brother's in the NFL at the this time. This was this like, he was like very, very young. Like he, maybe one or two videos on YouTube. And my brother's in the NFL. He would say, oh man, this is guy's talking some good stuff. Let me donate some money to him. So my brother would donate <laughs> a bunch of money to him. And he would send back cases of great controversies. So my brother, I didn't know at the time. I didn't learn until later. He never read the book, never read the book. But yet he was in downtown Fort Lauderdale, passing out great controversies. <laughs> <laughs> he said these books came everywhere he go. He would pull out. he he would come up and he would open his trunk and he'd just start passing out great controversy. Here you need this book. Hey you need this book. He never read the book. So anyway, so as we're going as we're going through this journey, me and my brother was kind of lockstep. My brother's like, yo, it's been like three years. We need to connect to a church. So I've, I did research through the Mormons, the Jehovah's Witness. I mean, the Na- I mean, Church of Nazarene. I found people who keep the Sabbath. I'm like, well, Seventh-day Baptists. Well, they all, they, got, they speaking in tongues. They're doing that like, crazy stuff. Then I'm going over here back and forth and then never heard of a Seventh-day Adventist. So what happened was my brother, he, follow- he, he kind of went di- on a different path, right? And he was trying to get rid of these different religious books in his house. Um, and one of them was a great controversy. So I happened to be there when he had his last great controversy. Oh, wow. The last one in his house. And he goes, well, here, you take this book. I'm going to get rid of it. And I said, oh, okay. And I looked at it, and I'm like, I, you know, I read the back of it. I still got the book. It's been shredded and taped, you know. And, and I said, I can read this. Now, at that time, I read John Hagee's book. Anybody know these names? Perry Stone, these guys. And I read all their prophecy books, man. They just all confused. You know, they got portions of the truth, but then it's, it's, it's really convoluted to get to the truth. And then here we are. So I take this great controversy book home. Now, mind you, I remember calling my brother and I was like, hey, I think this little book in Revelation 10, I think it's the book of Daniel. You know, this is me studying by myself. And he goes, why do you get that? And I'm like, well, it talks about, you know, how he ate the scroll and it was bitter to the belly. So it sounds like Ezekiel three, when, you know, and I said, this, so I started bringing it. I said, this, this sounds like, I think, only book sealed to this time of the end, according to Daniel 12, uh, is the book of Daniel. And he goes, nah, and I'm like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, too far-fetched. And then I started reading the great controversy. Destruction of Jerusalem, first chapter. And I'm like, whoa, you know, I just was reading this in the book of Luke, how the armies surround the city and then withdraw. That'd be time to get out. And then I remember reading. Now, I love the prophecy point of it. That was confirming a lot of things I was studying. But I can tell you that, that book, That Great Controversy, those first chapters, when you're talking about these folks for the Reformation, these folks who are standing and, and standing for truth in front of monarchs and kings and saying, I will not, can, that really touched my heart. That really, because at that time, as I'm studying these books, I'm like, I can't be these guys, man. I literally was like, Lord, I, these guys were intense. I cannot be these. I'm. Barely reading my Bible, and compared to these guys, and then I started to get fearful a little bit, like, man, this is like maybe too much for me, right? And then I read in Great Controversy, I think I don't remember which chapter it in. It says, before God will let Satan overcome you, He will send every angel in heaven for your protection. And I said, oh, I got backup. (laughs) So I said, I got backup. So it really emboldened me. So I ran through I ran through that book, and I was like, who is this lady? So at that time, I thought she just was an author. Who's this lady? So I looked online, Ellen G. White, and I went to E.G. White Estate. First thing that popped up, E.G. White Estate. I clicked on E.G. White Estate, went to the autobiography, and two things that stuck out to me, most translated woman off in history, and she had a third grade education. And I'm like, third grade education? Ain't no, I mean, I had to Google so many words in Great Controversy, I didn't know what she was talking about. (laughs) So there's no way it's third grade. So that blew my mind. I'm like, whoa, I need all her books. So I was looking on the website, Conflict of Ages. I'm like, well, that's five. Okay. So I ordered all the Conflict of Ages series. So within probably a matter of, what, six months, I read all those books? Awesome. And I'm like, who is this lady? Christ, I did a lesson. Thoughts, and did Man, I was I mean, I was killing I mean, within that, I probably read about ten of her books. Probably in less than, probably about ten months. I mean, it was, I mean, literally, I was in sales appointments, and I would be like, oh, they're late. And i just pull out a book, and i start reading it. I started, I started, and then I, just constantly reading, constantly reading, constantly reading, and then the the knowledge of the Bible started to increase. Am I missing anything in this testimony? Um, no. So here we are. So at that time, now this is this is this is a, I don't know where we at for time. I don't know if it's two fifty or what. Got Twenty minutes. Okay, beautiful. Okay, so we, we can get this part and get to the restaurant, and then we'll, we'll pick up at the restaurant. But it's important for you guys to know where we came from. So at that time. Again, I was beating my wife up with the Bible. You know, I played football, so I caught, I caught the truth, <laughs> and I'm hitting up I-95, heading north. And it was like as if I'm like in North Carolina, and God hits my chest and says, where is that flock I've given you? And I was like, what do you mean? Because you know what book had dropped in my lap? Adventist Home. <laughs> Boy, let me tell you. There was a, there was a chapter in, uh, in Adventist Home. Husband, you ought not to be. Right. <laughs> so I said, yeah, you know, I'm like I'm going to be. I know. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And it's like, man, I'm like bleeding after reading this chapter. Right. I was like the truth was cutting me something severely. So I really had to stop at that point. I had to stop. And it says, OK, Lord, I mess this thing up. I beat my wife up with the Bible, turned it all off about Christianity. And I knew at that time that, you know, this was new truth, that I needed to be baptized into this new truth. I knew it at the time. I still wasn't going to any church. But I said, Lord, I ain't doing it with my wife. Period. I said, it is what it is. And I started to go through this, this kind of, I wouldn't say depression, but it was more of, Lord, I really messed up. And I was like, I, I, would, I remember praying. I said, Lord, just save my family into heaven. Just save all them. And let me be lost. I'm, I'm okay with that. And I was feeling that for a long time. And the Lord was like, and I'm like, Lord, is this normal? And then he brought me to Exodus 32. You know, when Moses, and God says, you know, I'm going to blot these people out. And he says, no, no, no. He goes, and, and Moses is like, no. no. You know, he said, I'm going I'm to destroy all the people. And Moses says, no, save them. But if not, blot my name out of the book of life. And then he started showing me what a true shepherd was. And what a shepherd. Now, a leader and a shepherd is two totally different things. And it was a beautiful study that the Lord had brought me on. And I was like, wow, okay. So I started to study a shepherd and his methods with his flock and reading Adventist home, reading child. I mean, like, where was this book, Child Guidance, at? Now, what, what was the book that got you into to, to getting more into?
1: No, when I was, uh, while he was finding these new truths, I was uh, praying. I was having a hard time when I had my second child cause she was a little bit more... I want to say,
0: no, that girl was tough. Yes, Listen, we we didn't want to have any more kids after that one. She was a, she was a tough cookie. We to <laughs> didn't know what we were and, what we got into. <laughs>
1: and so I was I was praying like Lord, if you can show me how to handle her, I will take you more seriously. And why did I pray that? Because <laughs> then guidance. he, as he's getting all these books in the mail, child guidance came, and I'm like, wait, and it was literally like not even like a day or two that it came after I prayed that prayer. And I started, I was like, okay, I'm taking this one. I was like, maybe, maybe he's pricking me now. And so I started reading it and I started implementing some of the stuff and see that it was working. And I was like, wait a minute. And so I started to take it a little bit more serious. Um, and then I started reading The Venice Home. And at the time, my um, husband was trying to push me to homeschool and I was not for it.
0: Yeah, she was in nursing school. <laughs>
1: And so I was like, "No, I wanna, I wanna finish, um, go to finish my uh, education." And and he was like, "No, I want you to come." I'm like, "No, I'm not doing it." And that I was the first <laughs> attempt,
0: so I pulled back and just you know let, let the Holy Spirit do His job and not not me.
1: And so I was, uh, you no know, before before with we the school and um, I, my husband was ta- telling me about faith, 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 talking about faith. Oh, this is a good a one. A bunch of faith and I'm like at the time I couldn't take him seriously because we were still in his parents home dealing with a lot of drama and stuff and so I was like you talking I challenged him at this point and I was like you're talking about a lot of faith but we're still in your parents house so I was scared to move out I I had a little smart
0: it was good smart mouth so she goes Sure, you talk about all this faith, but, you know, you're scared to move out. You're scared that you think we're going da da that. And I said, you know what? And I said back and I sat back and I sat, and I sat there and I said, you're absolutely right. Here. So from that point on, that's why it's important to take the background of the story. From that point on, we started living on faith, which is this is going to be faith. So we said, you know what? By the time my credit was horrible. I said, we're going to go apply for this place. And they came back, you're pre-approved. I'm like, pre-approved? Get the deposit fast before they change their mind. So I go in there. <laughs> so we got our first apartment. Like, you know, it was you know, down in South Florida. I don't know if everybody know the real estate down, it's not cheap. You can't get, you, I mean, it is expensive. $2,000 for, I mean, starting for a two-bedroom apartment. It was very, very expensive down there in South Florida. And I'm like, this is, it's very expensive. So, you know, you you're you making well, you got a good salary, but after your taxes and everything taken out, you're like, man, I'm, we just, we ain't, I don't know how we made it. But every single month, the Lord was faithful and faithful and faithful. And here we go. So here we go. We, we're trying to, so my prayer, nobody knew my prayer from my wife that I wasn't getting baptized without my wife. Nobody knew the prayer just between me and God. So here we are. We went up to, uh, we went up to a camp meeting in Tennessee. Oh wait, wait, rewind. So I went up to go see my brother, in um, in Atlanta. So at that time he went a totally different direction. He left his whole family and going following this different movement that wasn't biblical, et cetera. So we went to go talk some sense to him. Now let me tell you something. We visit when we obviously at that time I read fifteen Ellen White books. You know she's having the evidence, right? So I told my wife, I said, we need to go uh, start visiting these churches. My wife said, all churches are the same. Right. So I'm like, no, no, this is God's church. According to Bible prophecy. Right. So we go visit a church. New. We like somebody, please talk to me. Please. Somebody talk to me. We sit in the back. We sit down there. New family. And it's not like it's one of us. So you got this big family sitting in the back and we're like, somebody say something to us. Please. Somebody interact. And amen. And it was like everybody went home and we're sitting there like. Oh man! Nobody even said hi to us. So we like somebody else back. See? I said we could try another church. Ugh, boy, <laughs> it's bad. It was bad. And it w- and I just fast forward a little bit. My dad. He. This is what my dad told me. Oh, this is So uh, this is this is a little bit later. Just because just I'm going to forget. My dad told me. So he saw us with his whole event. So at that time we were really big in Adventism. So he was he was studying out for himself. So he drives So he was in North Carolina, somewhere in North Carolina. I don't know where he was at. But he said, I'm going I'm to visit at Seventh day Adventist church. And he went there and he says, he says I, I visited Adventist church. I said, Really? I was excited. I said, You what? He said, Yeah, but it ain't no difference. <laughs> he says, There's no difference. And he goes, There's no difference. I mean, it's pretty much the same sermon, just a different day. And he goes, uh, and, and on top of that, you know, I mean, he said, they are the nicest people. He said, Somebody invited me to the house and he said, They'll, they'll kill the hog and, and, and roast it. And I was like, "What?" They said, "They said they said, oh yeah, they're roast." They said, "They're going to roast a hog." man. I thought that was not something. I'm like, "And I've been church like yeah. So anyway, that was that was a little bit fast forward. So you can you can understand us coming into the church. We're coming in there. We're trying to be connected. We wanted to get connected so bad. God sent us into these different church. Nobody said anything to us. And then we went to go visit our brother, right? So we went to go, and then I said, I told my wife, I said, uh, "God's telling us we need to go visit a church up here." And she's like, "Here we go." She I ain't going. That's what she said. I'm not going. I said, I said God's trying to. And so I looked online. I started looking for churches. Now, when we go do hotels, we don't look, oh, that's, that's the Marriott. And we're gonna do, we look for, we got those secret hotels. And we say, what's the cheapest price? It ain't a, that ain't a one star, you know? Okay, maybe a three or four. Oh, if we had a four star. It was a four star hotel in Atlanta for like $43 a night. So we're like, yeah. So we booked it. So completely random, mind you. So here we are looking for a church. We didn't know the Lord was directing us. We looking for a church, right? Da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, no, nah, no. Nah. And then I saw one church, where they had a, something called lay pastor. I had no clue what that was, because I'm again, I don't even know what lay pastor mean. I'm just coming into the church, uh, or not even just kind of peeking in. Lay pastor, and then they did like schedule outreach once once a month. So they went and they visited uh, was a nursing home, and then the went, the women's thing. And I said, oh, I said they can't be too far from the church. I said, Lord, please. So my wife. She was dragging her feet at the hotel you know I'm like we're gonna get to sabbath school i've never been to sabbath school before uh, my wife's like oh, i gotta go take a shower and it was like oh we're gonna be late so we end up getting there so late we got there right when the sermon started so we're sitting there and i'm like okay but then it was a a very powerful sermon uh a guy by the name of Narlan edwards he was preaching a sermon and i said this is i'm like this is this sounds like what i've been reading and I'll never forget the message. It was keep your sh- sword in your sheath. So we're talking about the story of, of Peter. who chopped off somebody ear. Now at that time, being that you, you step out, when, we, when you start stepping off a truth, there's a cost. There's a, there's a serious cost with family. with, and we, started, and we were getting it from all angles. And boy, we wanted to put our sword out and we wanted to go fight. Everybody who said anything about us, we were ready. But that sermon was like, keep your sword in your sh-. I was like, praise the Lord. I was like, that's exactly what we needed. But then again, as they said amen, we go out to nobody said anything to us. So we're out in the parking lot, and I'm like, okay, fine, you know, let's keep this thing moving, you know. I'm like, okay. But then it was a brother, he saw us from way out back, and he kind of like, and I saw him. And I was like, oh boy, come on, flock, let's get in the car, let's get out of here. Let's go. And then he saw us kind of hurrying up, so he started walking faster.
1: <laughs>
0: so he comes up there. And we praise the Lord for this brother. He comes and he goes, hey, where are you guys from? So I was like, Florida. Give a one-word answer. Florida. What part of Florida? Fort Lauderdale. You guys leaving? Yes. But you're going to miss the best part. He said, I said, what's that? Potluck. Didn't know what potluck was. <laughs> so, you know, you, know, you just kind of, you know, I'm playing with it. Like, first time I went to the country, you know. I was corporate America 10 years, and, and I... They said, "Oh, I went, went and looked at the property. It's like, oh man, this be this is, Oh, I got just gonna bush hog this thing. I'm like, oh, bush hog. Okay, no clue what bush hog is. I'm from the I'm, no clue what bush hog it was. No clue. I'm like, oh, that's it, that's it? just a bush hog it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tractor. Okay, attach it to the tractor. Okay, so this is this is this is the so I'm looking and and a lot of you know I'm like okay and they talking about potluck and they had lay pastor so I was like antennas are up." And he goes, yeah, they, all the ladies, they bring all these, uh, these dishes, and it's like all vegan, plant based dishes. I was like, no, I was like, it piqued my interest, because all I was eating was rice and beans at that time, right? So I was like, there's variety. <laughs> so we went to the potluck, and then my wife was like, and it was like, whoa, the food was amazing. We started eating the food, it was amazing. I was like, and he sat with us, he, he brought us to the front of the line, the hospitality spirit. You know, when we give our testimony, I have a slide that talks about Spirit of Prophecy. talks about the hospitality piece and, and how it's lacking so much in our churches. Because, you know, sometimes we don't, because we don't get together during the week. At most churches, they don't get together during the week. So Sabbath is the time to say, hey, I haven't seen you in a week. Catch up. But then we forget that there might be visitors and people. People. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but we got to keep our eyes off of it. Because we were in a family trying to be connected into the church. God was trying to connect us and nobody said anything to us. So we always say that part, because this was the part. You you wanna, you wanna, this is the part that actually won my wife into the truth.
1: Now for me, the hospitality was big because I've seen so much hypocrisy in, in the church. And when we first started coming back to church, it was like, okay, we're trying to, to get out there and go back to church. Um, and we didn't, we didn't get that welcoming from some of the churches that we visited. So when this guy, he came and kind of brought us in, kind of, he kind of took us under his wing, as you would call it, and s- said, oh, give us resources on um, what to, to look for and different sermons and things that can help us on our journey as we're coming. And so this, was, this softened my heart. It was like, okay, maybe there are some true Christians out there. And so I started to... Take it more seriously. um, As we were um, going, going as we went back home, and started to kind of dive into my Bible more, and it started to open more stuff for me. So that that won my life So
0: here we go. Fast forward. We we were at. uh, We went to a church, and uh, so we we were we. There was a book called God's Pharmacy. Ever heard of God's Pharmacy? So God's Pharmacy, we were we were actually buying these books from Meat Ministry. We were using this to evangelize our family, and we knew that they were going to be they were actually going to be in uh, West Palm Beach. So we're like, oh man, it'd be cool to meet the people where these books come from, you know? So we go up to um, listening. and guess who was preaching? Was Narlen Edwards? He was preaching a sermon. He was there because he to and I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. And, I was like, and you know, he, he's like, oh, I recognize you from somewhere. I said, I man, I got a familiar face, and I just kept it moving. But he said, like, no, and he kind of we kind of did it. But anyway, so. The amazing. Remember my prayer. I won't. I didn't want to be baptized without my wife. Now at that time, Preston was probably about it was five years ago. He's seven now, low so he was about under, a year,
1: little under eighteen
0: months. So they, they were going to do evangelistic meeting. He did the five. He was going to do five days of health, and he was going to do a, a evangelistic meeting. And so Narlin, at the end of his uh, presentation, he felt the Holy Spirit impressing some, say, "Hey, this is a specific appeal. It's your first time being baptized into this message. I need you to come forth now." Me, that was like, that's the Lord calling me. Now, at that time, my wife had stepped out because Preston had what we call a blowback diaper. Anybody know what a blowback diaper is? (laughs) If you got some kids, you know what a blowback is, where it blows all the way back right to the middle of the back. (laughs) And so she went out, and she was like, she was, you know, dealing with that. And then here comes the appeal. And I said, okay. So I step out. Now, my wife was not there. Now, this prayer between me and God was between me and God. And I stepped up there. And at that time, we've been going to the church for about, you know, Five, you know, we went five straight days yeah. to the point I had to pass in the parking lot, but I was, I was grilling him about, man, I had him in the park three hours. I'm like, what about this? What about this? What about that? Oh, yeah, oh, da Because I want to make sure I want to bring my family back to this church. So, long story short, so they thought we were seven day Adventists. <laughs> they thought we were seven day Adventists. So the people was very specific. First time into this message, you need to come forth. So I come up, and then you can see, like, people are like, huh? And it was, did he hear the appeal right? I heard the appeal. And went up and we prayed. And then I came out. And they were having a baptism that day. So at that time, I came forward. It's time to be baptized. Okay. Done. So they come to me and say, hey, uh, you got to do baptism classes. I, I, just quiz me. What do you want to know? You want to know, you know the fundamental beliefs? And I'm arguing with them. You know, like, baptize me today. And something just told me to keep your mouth closed. So as soon, soon as I closed my mouth, my wife walked up. And she go, you're talking about baptism? I want to be baptized, too. And I was like, I almost fell out. I was like, whoa. God is answering a prayer. God is answering a prayer. So in a long story short, we got baptized together. My wife hit the water first, and then me, and this. So I remember I was studying with a guy down in Orlando, and he calls me, and he goes, listen, uh, I got an atheist on my job, and I can't, I can't answer his questions. He said, give me, some, give me some ammo. And I'm like, listen, man, tell me your testimony. He's like, how's that going to help I said, because no, you tell me your testimony. Because, based off of your experience and what the Lord has done in your life, no matter what the atheist say, you can't tell me God doesn't exist. So you can't tell me God doesn't exist. And, and I tell, I say, my t- that, this was a miracle that the Lord answered my prayer in such a way. And so here we are. So we we're newly baptized. So everything is good. You put your feet up and. You're going into glory land, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: no, no, no! So, how much time we got? Maybe we go, we I, might go eight Probably minutes, and I. Minutes <laughs>
1: right time.
0: Okay, so we'll, we'll pick up. And I got about we got ten more minutes, and then we're going to go right into the restaurant of why. So I just want to give give you guys kind of a background of where we come from, right? And one of my favorite quotes in ministry of healing, healing says, "We accomplish little." Because we attempt little. So when I read that quote, I said, you know what? We gotta do some strange things for the Lord. Because he's ready, he's ready, he's ready to do something. And it's not I always tell people, it's never a resource problem, it's never, it's always a people problem. Every failure on the counter church of God is due to lack of faith. And that's found in Patriarchs and Prophets. I think I can't remember the I can't remember the chapter. I will get you the reference. But anyway, I'm gonna have a word of prayer. We take a 10 minute break, and we're gonna come back. The last bit of our, our testimony talks about how we moved to the country and how we started a restaurant. And then we're going to get into why a restaurant. So let's have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the opportunity to share our testimony. Uh, you say in Revelation in chapter 12 that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. And we pray that this testimony has inspired others. And as it inspired me by relating it to it again. And as we continue in these presentations... We pray, Lord, that people will be inspired to do great things for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.